say tapping that? He said there's no tapping that. Oh. Is that when that guy has that ass? Do you guys know what Lisa's here? Uh, I guess Lisa's here. Am I here? It's terrible! Movie reviews with... Haley, Ryan, and Eric. And, and Lisa! special guest, <laughs> Lisa! Welcome. Yeah. What's up, everybody? Hey. Hello. Yes. <laughs> I'm just going to give a yes. Uh, hard, uh, no. hardy. It's, it's a hard yes. Hardy, episode hardy, yes. 10. We made the it to the double digits. Big one. High fives. Yes. High fives. Oh, oh, it's the sound you're hearing. <laughs> wow, it would be the sound you're hearing if we could high five. <laughs> we had to put special effects in there because yeah. my mom makes my lunch. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. Episode 10. Yes. And this is a very special episode indeed. It's going to be a 10. It's going to be, it's going to be Out terrible. of 13. Yeah. Which is still really good. Yeah. Really good. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's a hard C+. Plus. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not, but whatever. I think it's a little higher. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. This episode, mm-hmm. we all chose a Nicolas Cage movie. Nicolas Cage. Mm, Cage why did we choose a Nicolas Cage, Cage movie? Cage, Cage. The hair. We're going to have to get into the... <laughs> it's got to be the hair. The cultural obsession with Nicolas Cage. What do we think it is? Okay, so I believe that Nicolas Cage is such a unique actor that people are drawn toward for the reason that one of his goals as an actor was to get a nomination for each genre of movie. Has he done that yet? Yes. Yeah, oh. he, did, he ended up doing that in like... Around 2000 or so. Really? Oh, so now hmm. he's just like not giving a shit anymore. Right. Wait, wait. Clearly. Yeah. Well, he did know <laughs> the Ghost Riders. The, the nom- or he got the, the Oscar for Leaving Las Vegas, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. he doesn't have so to he give wanted, a shit. He wanted to be a part of every ma- major genre. Really? Yeah, but mm-hmm. that's his main motivation? It's getting awards and nominations? Well, Western was Seems he in? a little shaky. Yeah, listen, this is, <laughs> I'm, I'm just going genre. off. I'm just going off memory. So when you say every genre, you mean rom-com, action, drama, sci-fi? Horror? Horror. Was he in documentary? Did he do a documentary? Listen. Puppets? <laughs> I am not Nicholas Cage. I just want to know Cage. what his criteria. I heard this a while back. I didn't look it up. What am I doing, a podcast on him or something? <laughs> what, are we supposed to do research? We're not going to shoot Here's the messenger <laughs> yet. But you just are know record I have him. a loaded gun <laughs> under this desk. <laughs> I was wondering what that was. <laughs> she was also glad to see you. <laughs> yes. Yes. Fabulous. So what about you guys? What do you think? I think he does um, tragically fucked up no better than anybody else. Well, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. Or comically and tragically fucked up. Tragic comedy. I think it's something about his voice. He has yeah. a very distinct voice. And because he's done so many movies and everybody knows who he is, that it's easy to hone in on all his work. So, like, the really shitty ones, people love to exploit the shittiness of it. You know what I'm saying? No? Mm. I'm getting a lot of... I think I sort of (laughs) Well, because he's got that ridiculous voice, which Mm -hmm. sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. Most, like, big-time actors have a very distinct voice. I think he just says yes to so many things. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, like what? Like movies oh. and scripts. Well, I mean, <laughs> sort of like yeah, a, I think he's that's... like a movie. He whore. says yes yeah, to everything. So yeah, he doesn't turn anything down. Nicholas, not every script is a winner. Yeah, a little discretion <laughs> wouldn't kill you. 
right. You know, I've liked a large body of his work. Mm. Okay, that, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He says yes to so many things. Statistically speaking, you're going to probably like a good chunk of it. Mm-hmm. All right. You know what? So, we should have done this before, but let's take a look at the body of his work. Let's like. <laughs> it's also his face, man. Oh. It's his face. He does yeah. have a very distinct it's, face. His face. But he's got that Oh, my voice. goodness. It goes forever. Yeah. I mean, he's been doing this since 1981. Right. Before I was born. Wow. One of his first movies. Zandali. Has anybody seen Zandali? Never heard of it. I mean, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. That was right. his second role yeah. in, a, in any movie. Mm-hmm. And that's like mm-hmm. a pretty big movie. You know, mm-hmm. I have never been a huge Nick Cage fan mm-hmm. until now. <laughs> I see the appeal Humming and I think some movies are actually West, much better than others. I think what makes him attractive, I guess, is his he leaves a lot of still time, like dead time, just sort of like looking at his expression time. His stoic, are... kind of like, which gives you space. So I mean, muted, it's funny. Yeah, it's sometimes funny, and sometimes it actually turned out to be a little dramatic. And I think the the audience sees that and is kind of somehow lured in. And he's oh, he's calm waters run deep. He must be thinking something so intense. Right. I think that's a bit of his appeal is is that silent strength thing. Also, when he had his face trapped in a cage. With bees. <laughs> what movie was that from? The Wicker get, Man. I don't know if I've seen that then. Ah, the bees. <laughs> I mean, I love so much of his work, but I mean, like going through the list right here, mm-hmm. there's not movies on there that I'm like, I didn't like that. G-Force. Except for Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. Mm-hmm. Okay, Ghost Rider was a real piece of shit. But I don't, I don't know if I can blame him for that. You know what I mean? Like Ghost Rider sucks, so the movie sucks. I mean, I should. That's what I'm saying. The script is not always. And he just says yes mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. I would love to know what he said no to. We'll yes, be honest. that's a great yeah. question. Mm. We should call his agent. Because mm-hmm. he said yes to G Force, which don't get me wrong, I'm all for an animated film about superhero guinea pigs. That does sound right up your alley. Doesn't yeah. it though? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, like I said, you know, like 2010 starts becoming real bad. Yeah. It's yeah. Drive angry. That was awful. A trespass. I mean, he was like this bloated, like prisoner. It was terrible. Ghost Rider: Spirit of Vengeance. Like, oh, I can't believe that there was a second Ghost Rider movie, <laughs> and that he reprised his role. Mm. Mm. Stolen, also bad. The Crudes. I mean, you know, animated, whatever. Mm-hmm. It was okay. Frozen Ground. Joe. Who's heard of this movie, Joe? <laughs> Joe, <laughs> like, Joe. Well, where, who, why did I become Christopher yeah. Walken for that? Joe, uh, and then Rage, Rage, like I don't know. Yeah, anyway, I'm Left Behind. Did, made... did anyone see Left Behind? No, no, they just left it behind. Right, get out. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm leaving you behind. Anyway, yes, we chose three really good movies, though I think we did of his of his work. They were high on the list. Certainly the top quarter, I would say. Mm-hmm. Which is a large chunk, so within the within the yeah yeah, yeah it could be. But before we jump in, should we introduce our guest? Yes, for a let's. moment to acknowledge her presence as a ladies and gentlemen, Lisa Davis. <laughs> Woo! Who are you? Who are you? Well, I'm just I'm trying to figure that one out myself. But mm. uh, I was very intrigued with. Uh, Why do you love movies? Pro- Why do I love movies? Uh, dream space. I, I don't like being awake, so this is my... <laughs> I love it. Interesting. Yeah, so this it's is your my... escape. The one this is my way of my being heart. awake, yet not. I don't like to be awake either. Um, and I, I studied film 
for a while there. Almost got a graduate degree in film. Oh, wow. So you're smarter than us, is what you're trying to say. In no. Um, well, maybe smarter, but not her? as funny. <laughs> Certainly. <laughs> so, what's your what's your favorite like chosen genre of film that you enjoy the most? Uh, quirky. Oh, quirky. Is that a genre? Like, oh, yeah. so what's I your like favorite yeah. movie of all yeah. time? Uh, one of my favorites is uh, Amelie. Mm. Amelie. That's yeah. quirky as hell. That yeah. is quirky, quirky as hell. Those yes. quirky French. Yes, so. Yeah. Yeah, I like films that surprise me. Uh, Moonstruck didn't surprise me mm. entirely. <laughs> no, no, but I enjoyed I enjoyed the uh, repartee of the Italianos. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, you do have a theme yeah. for the Italians. Yes, I have mm-hmm. a oh. few things for the Italians. Oh. <laughs> one of them's one of these. Yeah. It's a family <laughs> show. These are so just, oh. just keep that in mind. It absolutely yeah. is not. Don't fucking listen to <laughs> It's that. a familiar show. Yeah. <laughs> Don't listen to this, Chode. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Yes, and, uh, so your pick was Moonstruck. Right, mm-hmm. right. Um, yeah, that's when he was—he uh, was fresh and young and yummy. Mm. Before he got his Nick. teeth fixed, exactly. Um, and uh, he was over top, but but it's still you. As a woman, you couldn't help but want to fix him up. He was the perfect fixer-upper guy, and, and that uh, was—that yeah, was—that's the thing of the. That of was the her movie. mission, yep. basically. Mm. Mission to fix the guy up. She's right. maternal, Mamma Mia. So give us, give us the synopsis. Like she wants to fix him up. But like, what else is going on? Well, what else is going on is there's basically uh, all these married couples that are sort of apprising their relationship mm-hmm. in New York City, and uh, she's just sort of this focal point. Uh, she's given up on love, and everybody else is trying to decide whether they've given up on love as well. And throughout the movie, they all realize they can have adultery. Nobody's hurt. Everybody <laughs> wins. Fine. Yeah. Two Hail Marys. Get out of here. Basically. That's Forget about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, she's able to marry the younger, cuter guy instead of her intended fiancé. Yeah. Uh, Which brings up a funny point, because in the movie, Nicolas Cage gives that whole monologue about how, like, and I love you, and not like they tell you... In the stories, the stories are bullshit, but like this movie's kind of bullshit. So right. irony. Yes, it's a it's a meta commentary on <laughs> on the rom com. Super meta, right? Director Norman <laughs> Jewison and writer Tom Patrick. That's John Patrick Shanley. John, Thank you. You're John welcome. Patrick I'm a little far away. <laughs> well, I was a little underwhelmed. Yes, I figured you would be. And I also picked it because it's a chick flick. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I have nothing against chick flicks. I just thought this was so strange. You know, it's like just a lot of people getting hooked up and like talking to the people who aren't their husbands or their wives and everybody seems like they're cheating. It's very strange. Yeah. I mean, I think that he did a okay job. I mean, he was very over the top, mm-hmm. but charming. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you kind of overlook it. I mean, yeah, I, I I had seen the movie a long, long time ago, so I was kind of seeing it all fresh and new. And first of all, it was really fast. It didn't give a lot of time for development. No, there's um, so many characters. Yeah, and, and I really, in that respect, did not care so much about Danny. Danny? The, the Nicolas Cage character. Um, Ronnie. 
Ronnie. Ronnie. <laughs> Danny, Ronnie. You know, there's a... Johnny. I just didn't have time. Danny. All of a sudden, I'm in a bakery, and next thing you know, like, I'm supposed to fall in love. We're all supposed to fall in love with him after he, he, he had this sort of ten-line sob story about his hand guy getting cut off. <laughs> it didn't seem like enough for me to, like, get drawn into him. So I was, like, left not really caring too much about him and wondering why Cher fell for him. Because it's like... Because it he's a wolf. Sex. And she likes the yeah. wolves. If it's just for sex, <laughs> which is fine, like, why are they getting married and what was this great like, big attraction and why depth? They, and Why are they getting married? Because he would finger her. Right. Would <laughs> finger. He has... Get out. I'm not going to do it because that was so good. I've been, it's been in my pocket the whole fucking row. time. Yes, yes, yes. Wow. It, troubling as that was. <laughs> I'm yeah. disturbed. I'm disturbed. Anyway. I'm disturbed um, by That you. was my... my least favorite part of it but I have some other parts which I'll talk to you after it circles back after it circles back yeah I'm curious what your, what your thoughts are my Haley? general thoughts well yeah like I already said I thought it was kind of funny that whole commentary on love it's like oh it's not perfect it's you know it's really messy and it doesn't you know it's not like the storybooks say yet it was still mm-hmm. funny how at the end everything was wrapped up yeah. in a nice little bow in a very weird way mm-hmm. um, it was still the 80s after all yeah and Cher is like, I I don't mind Cher. I've enjoyed her in, in in moments. She kind of annoys me in this one, though. But maybe that was the point. I don't know. How did she annoy her, you? Her, her character's a little neurotic. Just yeah. so, like, you know, abrasive and, you know, very bossy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, I don't understand why they made her look like she was 50 years old. Right. Well, it was yeah. the Especially whole, early. It was the transformation from mm. dowdy to dazzling. I get that. I've I mean, seen a mil- even, I've seen a million the makeovers thing, mm-hmm. in the know. Cinderella beauty salon. I like there was lots of funny little lines though, because um, as you know, I enjoy good dialogue. Mm-hmm. I liked right in the beginning when her fiance was just like, "A man who can't control his woman is funny." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, oh, guy. Boy. Or when she tells her mom she's getting married, she's like, "Do you love him?" No, good. It's funny. Yeah. One of my really favorite good. lines. Well, the the opening line was, "He looks great," and he's a dead guy. It's oh yeah. yeah, he looks great, and it was. Oh yeah, he was dead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the movie opens with this, you know, really this proposal from this guy to you know get married to share, and it's like, I just don't feel the love. Like, what is what is well, your? That's- that's, That's the point. point. I there know, but no I'm saying there. like this is this is my my first impression is like, why are you doing this, dude? Like you and this girl, it just doesn't seem good. She sucks. You suck. Yeah, this proposal that was the sucks. Point. They sucked. I know, together. but I'm saying like it's just it's a very like <laughs> off putting beginning and. But I think that that was necessary because she she goes to bed with her with his brother, which is like, I mean. Right. Love Big ruins commandment everything. breaker. Right. Yeah, and that, that we're supposed to buy it as an audience and have no problem with it exactly. whatsoever. Mm-hmm. If we had yeah. some belief in that connection, right. we would have been very upset with that. We would have been... There were a lot of cognitive dissonance in this whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't be rooting... We wouldn't be rooting for them to get together. Right? Yeah. Yeah. My favorite scene was when she was playing that real sexy jazz music in her right. living room and like trying on <laughs> lipstick mm. and like like mm. eyeballing her shoes and like Keep, walking around in her underwear. Keeping in mind, she lives with not only <laughs> both of her parents, but her, grand- but her grandfather, grandfather and like 
five or six five or dogs, six dogs yeah. like right. what are you doing she's just like and drinking wine and like putting on lipstick and making eyes at her clothes and just like slinking around to this jazz music so weird. Mm. oh right. it was so funny she, you know yeah, this isn't the first good. time she's done that right As i do the same thing in my room almost middle-aged woman yeah like yeah, like we all <laughs> haven't done that at our parents' house. Yeah. I I think she did a good job as an actress. I think I was very impressed. She's a good actress with the work she's done, considering she's a musician, right? Like, not, not her first gig is not acting. I was very convinced. I didn't love the character as much because I think, as we all talked about, she was a little weird, and she was also I don't didn't have enough self respect to like I don't know get what she really really wanted maybe in life. But long story short. <laughs> I but man, did you love that scene when she was in the bed and then put the blanket on? She's yeah. a very attractive lady. <laughs> right. 37 is what she was supposed to be. I don't know how old she really was during the movie. I think she did was they say? Her, I, well, they said that she was 37 in oh. as a character but, in the movie. But I think she was actually in her mid 40s at that point. Probably, yeah. She's well preserved still. Definitely. Super well Super preserved. Hottie. Yeah. yeah Cuz sure. she she sleeps in a bath of pickle juice. She drinks a lot of formaldehyde. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Tough crowd. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so I will admit she did a good job, okay? Mm-hmm. But I do also have to admit that I fucking hate Cher. <laughs> okay? okay? Now, she did fine. I, I got over it. I really just tried to be unbiased about the situation. <laughs> and my mom... Okay, so my mom loves share and like do you believe in life after love love, love?" like just drilled into your brain like waking (laughs) up to the song just like my mom gets up way too early so like four o'clock in the morning i'm just like oh my god no share kill her yeah. Sure, your mom and even went to bed at that point. She is a, up all night she, listening to Cher. And she's like, like putting on she, lipstick and like eyeballing her shoes and slinking around in her underwear. Let's just stop you there, okay? So, yeah. So you don't hate Cher. You just hate Cher music, music early in the morning. morning. It's really just become this encapsulation, which brings up another point that I'm about to get to. So it just like. The music just tightened into this little ball of just share. Just you as a person. I just fucking hate you. You know, God, man. So, <laughs> go ahead. No, I mean, no. I'm not. I, don't, I'm, I want you to continue, but right. well, this is um, really hard. Unburden yourself. Yeah, I'm about to switch gears right now and talk about something very fucking strange. Good. I have a very irrational, deep fear of share. Of sugar cubes. Okay. Oh. There were sugar cubes in the movie, and it made me very uncomfortable. Like a lightning strike, just instantly uncomfortable. Huh. Okay. Why? Now, I just see him, and I want to throw up and break things. Okay? So... Now you did ask why. I feel that way about a lot of people. Thank you for restraining yourself today. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. This is this is more of like a therapy session than <laughs> right, it is yeah. a podcast. But we'll get back to the movie. And the sugar. So like I like I was talking about just crunching everything down and putting it into share. Like I can just hate share and be happy about that. Like just <laughs> closing myself off from it. So mm-hmm. once upon a time, long long ago, I tried to figure out what I was afraid of, and I was like, you know what? I don't like things that are too crunchy. And then it started to develop and like warp, and it came to a point where I couldn't even eat tortilla chips. Tortilla chips, man. 
Tortilla? Because your because your decision not to like crunchy things. I was afraid of crunchy things. Why? I felt yeah, where did that come from? Where did that originally Probably come from? Probably some nightmare. You know, where... losing your teeth, maybe. Right. People Every have those... morning yeah. when I woke yeah. up to the sounds of share, my mom would mash concrete into my mouth. <laughs> That's what it She'd felt make like. me chew on rocks while listening to share. So what I did, I was like, when it got to that point where I'm like, I can't eat potato chips. This is ridiculous. Aww. You know what I mean? So I'm like, listen. What is, let me just fix this. What is the crunchiest thing I can think of? And I was like, sugar cubes are the crunchiest thing I can think of. Because not only are they hard, but they're also like kind of breaking apart as you chew it. And then there's all these like grains of like glue and shit in your mouth. And it's just, (laughs) wow. So... Every time I see a sugar cube, I get extremely uncomfortable, okay. and they... That's why were, you yelled so loud. Yeah. They were oh, dropping yeah. sugar cubes in, in their champagne. Yeah. Right. First of all, why would you do that? Yeah. Second of all, like, sugar cubes in the... Okay. <laughs> so you've, you've worked through the chips. You've worked through other crunchy things. I don't know. Uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken. The, the skin. Was that ever a problem? The... <laughs> Well, I mean, that's why I'm a vet- vegan now. Okay, so okay. good point. <laughs> so yeah, so you're not going to do that anyway. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> but it's certain things. What other things, in addition to sugar cubes, Carrots. have you not worked through? No, that's what I'm saying. That's is it? that I've, you, you put just... it all into a nice little ball like a sugar cube? Right. You Maybe compact. it's your <laughs> a nice ball, metaphor. Like a sugar cube. <laughs> Did I say ball? Yes. I meant box. <laughs> Can we edit that out, please? <laughs> Just kidding. He doesn't know it's a sugar cube. It's like this little. So you might as well have one thing. That's interesting. Yeah. And both of these were in the same film, so that's. Oh yeah. This must have been really. It must have been emotionally. Yeah, I mean. I'm so sorry. It was. It was tough, honestly. I'm sorry. I put you. You survived and you thrived. Yeah. I didn't know sugar cubes were going to be in it. You know what I mean? We didn't either. We all thought they were like Alka Seltzer. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, but in the beginning, this is one of the. Okay, so (laughs) we were talking about. We were talking about the continuity, right? Yeah. Okay, so last episode we were talking about continuity, and the first time that she has a cup of coffee in the morning. It was a sugar cube. That's when I first saw him. And I was like, oh, God, get him away. Fucking awful. <laughs> right? Yeah. And then... Oh, I love that your it, two least favorite things were in this yes, movie. Sharon yes. sugar cubes. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, if we dig a little deeper, you'd find a couple other neuroses you could you could put into these. You know, I really tried to do my best to face my fears. And I've mm-hmm. tried to face my sugar cubes fear before. Right. right? Me and my sister sat down and we had some sugar cubes. I like held them in my hand. It was really fucking bad. I put one in my mouth and like I tried it and we watched open water because she's afraid of sharks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we made a day of really it. Exposure uh, therapy wow. there. Good. Yeah, well I mean, yeah, whatever works. But for you're you. okay. You you live to tell about it. So yeah. this is a success, I think. Yeah. I think you've come a long way. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So you should and be proud of are, that. Here we are talking about it, and, and here I'm we are totally today. fine. <laughs> and you know, I'm sometimes totally sharing fine. it with the world is exactly what you need to get over. I from. think. Yeah. Can you rephrase that, please? Without sharing, 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 sharing the world. Yeah. Well, I will say that the movie seemed very accurate in the sense that they all seemed very, very New York. Mm-hmm. Like very Italian. As somebody who's yeah, so lived Italian. in New York, 
they seem very New York. You yes. know, a lot of times you're like, oh, okay, you know, they're, they're like eating spaghetti down their face, <laughs> and it's just, <laughs> it's way too much. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like this felt like true New York to me. Like the way that yeah. the, the buildings looked. I mean, it's obviously filmed in New yeah. York, but like it just brought me back to that place. Right, the authentic, and and certainly the mom and pop stores. I'm sure they used the real mom and pops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, they those are they're everywhere. Yeah, they're everywhere. Exactly. So, so in the movie, a big question that was asked actually by the Olympia Dukakis character, the mother of Cher, was why do men chase women? So that was interesting that she kept trying to get to the root of that because she was trying to understand why her husband was having an affair and she sees it all over, so she wanted to know. And it, it kept coming back to the fear of death. What do you guys think about that? What do you guys think about that answer? I used to think, I was like, well, I don't really get that. I don't think, I mean, that's a bit of a stretch, like, you know, for the sake of the movie. But now the more I think about it, it makes more sense. I think it's totally uh, viable. Why? I mean, yeah, why? Oh, I'm not going to go into that, but. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you can just get a lip service this. to these yeah. questions. No, this is a... yeah, dudes are afraid of death, and so they got to just, you know, grab on to. Why don't they go fishing, or why don't they uh, get a hobby, like stamp collecting? (laughs) Are you comparing stamp collecting to romantic (laughs) love? (laughs) Or fly fishing? Maybe I am. You should see his stamp collection. (laughs) (laughs) My point is, is is it just so, is it just because it's, it it distracts us from the, the, reality that eventually we're all going to die someday. Like, well, you're afraid you're going to die, and no one, like, you have, you know, what will you have left behind, so you have to, like, you know, grab on to... This is a very heteronormative way to talk about it, also. But, you know, grab onto a woman, you know, sow your wild oats. <laughs> create a legacy. Create a legacy. I feel like the question was asked in, like, two different ways. Mm-hmm. One being, like, why do men, you know, again... You know, heterosexual normality, or is that what we, yeah, right? Is that right? Heteronormative. Yes. Heteronormative. <laughs> right on cue. Um, so I feel like they asked it in two separate ways. It was one, why do men want women? Right. Right. And so, using the fear of death, I think that to live a life without sharing it with somebody is really what the goal is. You know, like we are meant to share our lives. I mean, here we are, four people sitting around talking into a microphone so more people can listen and enjoy. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? Like, mm-hmm. our goal in life is to share our lives. Now, in the times where we're more alone or have uh, more time where there's less people around, we do still want that companionship of having somebody right there. So I do feel like it's a fear of death. I agree in that sense because... We fear dying without having shared that experience. You said share again. I did. Yes. You yeah. said it so many times. But yeah, I, no, I think it's a good point. Um, I don't know. I mean, this, the idea of uh, fear of death may be more also symbolic if you think of younger men. Just the fear of loss of freedom, um, the fear of living your inner wolf, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he's supposed to be theme. the wolf, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and basically, they're sort of uh, equating, uh, or the movie equates both Cher and Nick as as wolves mm-hmm. that were waiting for the right one. Mm-hmm. They're, that they're not interested in mating until, or permanently, mm-hmm. until they find the right one. So, where they can truly live beyond those uh, kind of conventions. Mm-hmm. All great points, guys. 
So I think in the other sense where it's like, why do men chase younger women? That, is, that was the other. Right. And so the fear of death in that sense is mm-hmm. that being with someone younger right. makes you feel younger. You know what I mean? Right. Just to put that in a bow. Mm-hmm. Great. Right. Bing. Great. Wrapped up beautifully. Should we move on to our next movie? Let's do it. Caught air. Hell yeah. It's terrible. Shut your mouth. You shut your mouth. Well... Directed by Simon West. How could I live without you? I want to know. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, it's like Luther Vandross singing it. Mm. <laughs> yes, I am. Uh, so it was directed by Simon West. That wasn't an edit either. <laughs> like the transition was so sharp. It was like, man, did they cut something out? Did I miss something? <laughs> no, no. Uh, so directed by Simon West. And I would like to mention Simon West's work. Okay. So okay. this was his first movie, Con Air. Okay. Now, he's done several things since then. All were terrible. They were just I'm a bunch shocked. of. They were a bunch of bad movies. Listen, okay, I enjoyed this movie, but a lot of bad stuff came out after it. Now, the writer, Mr. Scott Rosenberg, has been doing great, okay? So he wrote the new Jumanji movie, (laughs) which does not look like a winner, but I'm glad that he's still doing, like, large work, okay? He did Gone in 60 Seconds. Now, come on, guys. Be real with me. Are you trying to defend your position? I love Con Air. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm not saying, you said, <laughs> you were saying, this writer did a lot of great stuff, and you said Jumanji got into 60 seconds, yeah, which I, we're like. I was like, Jumanji, I don't know, I haven't seen it yet. But <laughs> he did such great work, but I'm going to tell you as. the not so great ones. <laughs> I mean, I have 60 seconds wasn't like a great rare writing movie, was it? I thought I thought it was great. I mean, oh, okay. the, 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 how, the how things got set up with the two, like, the team that's new and the team that's old, like the classic and, you know. And then he did High Fidelity also. Another great, like, iconic movie. Which we may review in the near future. <laughs> Don't give oh, anything no away. <laughs> well, that was based on a book, so he just had to adapt it from a book. So it was kind of already written for him. <sighs> and Jumanji was already been made, too. So really, he's just jacking his work from other shit, right? Jacking? Uh-oh. In this corner, where <laughs> was he hijacking it like a car, Why like Eleanor? Why are you so upset? <laughs> So anyway, the movie Con Air. Let me whoop. Uh, the synopsis of Con Air is that a gentleman is a ranger in the army, I think. It's, it's a ranger, or army guy. Okay, so he's it's a ranger. Ranger Cameron Poe. Yeah, I know he's a ranger. ranger. Is it like a, like an army ranger? Yes. That's what I was asking. A naval so his ranger. name is Cameron Poe, played by the iconic Nicolas Cage. The iconic. Icon Nicolas Cage. Yeah, the- <laughs> So he ends up like coming home after, you know, be leaving the military and his wife and him are at this bar and like his wife is getting hit on and he ends up like the guys kind of come after him. So he breaks, they jump break, the he beats lot. these guys up, takes on three guys, which is badass. One guy versus mm. three is badass. <laughs> and he accidentally kills one of them. Oops. As so, you do. Yeah. He did that classic 
female self-defense move, palm to the nose, and you can push someone's nose bone into their brain and kill yeah. them. Yes. Yeah, my dad taught me that. So. But unfortunately, he was a ranger, and therefore a deadly weapon, and had different right. standards. I remember when the judge said, because of your military dangerous. skill, you are a dangerous weapon. And lethal weapon. <laughs> yeah, that's also, we should lead a weapon sometime. <laughs> anyway, so he goes to jail for like 10 years, right? <clears throat> During this time, eight. his... Huh? He went to jail for like, like seven, eight years. Yeah. Five to ten. Because the whole thing, the whole thing was his daughter was turning seven. Oh, okay, thank you. Because yeah, he good. went to jail while his right. wife was pregnant. Mm-hmm. So by him. by him. Let me clarify. <laughs> it's his story. biological daughter's birthday party that he's trying to make it to. This is the best synopsis I know. ever. <laughs> so uh, he gets on this plane to like transfer him home after being you know having this time in prison. He grows his hair out. <laughs> Very important part of the film is the growing of the uh, hair. I just wanted to clarify so that way you guys can... he's got terrible, can, terrible hair so in this. Guys can come which is why it's so bad it's good. Yeah. This is not a, a synopsis. <laughs> I'm trying to synopse, okay? Listen here, college this boy, is the with o- your cognitive dissonance and your synopsis. This is the whole movie, every scene. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Remember the first synopsis so, you gave? He gets on this airplane great. and he's going, he's going home. He's getting released. Somehow he winds up on this airplane with some of the most dangerous killers in the world. All going. According to plan. All going according to plan. So they hijack the plane. You know, this really terrible guy hijacks the plane. And um, it just, you know, it goes downhill from there. I mean, I I think... It goes uphill for you. uh, Uphill like a a plane. Like it rises (laughs) and crashes violently. Crashes and burns. Both literally and, and figuratively. figuratively. How could I live without you? Apparently you guys didn't love it. I love it. What do you, What was your general thoughts? I just want to know why you liked it. I thought it was a great cast. I thought it was action-packed. It was packed, packed with, with action. action. They say me? the same thing a lot at the same time. I don't know what you're trying to say. I don't know say. what either it's... It was such a diverse cast, too. Okay, so there was two black people. Right. One. There was a (laughs) cross-dresser. A cross-dresser? There was, yeah, real diverse. Is that what you meant? I mean... There was a guy with diabetes. I mean, John Malkovich playing this role is very, very unusual. He hasn't done anything like this before or since. Right, and And for good reason, because... John Malkovich <laughs> said that he regrets doing this movie. Really? He says that he did it for the money. Ooh. Yeah. A sellout. Yeah. yeah. Really? Well, I mean, I thought it was one of his best roles. I love John Malkovich as an actor, and I've seen a lot of his work, and I really enjoyed him in this movie. I thought he did a good job. Yeah, acting. I he didn't did a really. Great ha- job. I didn't mind him in this, um, and I liked uh, Steve Buscemi. Yeah. In this as well. And, you know, like, seeing Nicolas Cage and Steve Buscemi in the same screen, John Malkovich and Steve Buscemi, like, diverse cast. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. Who's with me? <laughs> Definitely the, the highlight of the movie were, were, were those actors, for sure. My uh, favorite... Oh, John sorry. Cusack yeah. also in the movie. Oh, John yeah, Cusack, yeah, yeah. He was kind of on the ground more than in the air. Very, very sincere. <laughs> I did not dislike it. So I'm, I think, probably in between you two camps. 
the girl camp and the shrine <laughs> it's, camp. It's like the ultimate dude. Don't camp. even. Really, it is it super is. duty, and I. It's it is duty. It, hold on, it's what? very duty. Super duty. <laughs> super, this movie was the super duty. I mean, number two, dude. Yeah, we're also, by the way, we're sponsored by Ford. Thank you very much for your sponsorship. And St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. The my, paper on which I took my movie notes. Yeah, donate this holiday season. Wow, shut Stop up. Stop child cancer. <laughs> but anyway, a lot of great action. Obviously, super Just over the top. With action. I'm not sure what that means or why they keep referring it to in those. This movie strange had ways. action. Okay. And a lot it, of it. Was it the question is was it supposed to be over the top, or was it supposed to be like in 1997 when we went to it? You're like, whoa. This is super realistic and lifelike. Or or were they still even <laughs> 20 so years bad. ago looking at it going, huh, this is just outlandish. I think that action movies during this time were less about the martial arts because that that era that that era yeah. was ending. Yeah. Although was, Nicolas Cage did do a really impressive karate kick at one point. Oh, it was yeah, a nice it was a nice I, roundhouse. Yeah. Yeah. Nice roundhouse yeah. Towards the end. Well, I mean they were moving away from the action of uh, martial arts and moving into more explosions, more gunfire. And so, yeah, I mean I think it was supposed to be pretty over the top. I mean, if you compare it to like who's that shitty ass guy? <laughs> The oh. director... Nicolas Cage. Oh. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. The director, uh, uh, Michael Bay. Michael right. Bay. Okay, you look at Michael Bay's work, and it's like, clearly, they're miles apart. Okay? So, I mean, but the thing it, was, is, it was supposed to be over the top. I, I think that this was um, pre-CG when there was... A, this was, like, real stuff. Like, real... Um, so you got to mm-hmm. give them Except that. Except for that scene like, where they were dragging the car. The car. Yeah, yeah obviously. There was, like, the green screen. <laughs> it may not have been CG, but it certainly was... No, uh, green Right, screen. right, yeah. right. right. They, they used real, real effects. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I actually have a very... This movie has a very special place in my heart. I was probably going to choose Gone in 60 Seconds if I didn't see this movie opening weekend in Las Vegas <laughs> as, a, as a 14-year-old. Mm-hmm. Wow. So it make this, Vegas makes a cameo at the end, which makes it even more impactful they, for you. Yeah. They land in Vegas. Yeah, yeah, they do. And were yeah. you just blown away your little fourteen year old mind by there this movie? There was more explosions in my mind than there was in the movie. Wow, that's <laughs> a lot synapses of explosions. were just. <laughs> okay, so if we're gonna tell the story real quick, I just have to jump in here and make fun of myself. <laughs> Good, please do. <laughs> because I was like real grumpy and like upset, and everybody's like, "What's wrong with this guy?" And it's like, I really wanted to see that movie because it's in Las Vegas. We're in Las Vegas, and they're like. Okay, well, go see the movie. It's like a big family vacation, <laughs> right, and I want to yeah. go see a movie. Uh, why don't you start a podcast or something, you little dork? <laughs> so you went by yourself to see the movie. <laughs> no, as a 14-year-old, are you kidding me? In Las Vegas, I would be raped. <laughs> Didn't happen. No, I mean, we did. We did go see it. All, everyone was. But, yeah, it was mostly... So you shame your family. Mostly to appease this grumpy 14-year-old oh. asshole. Yeah. God. Just, just my... punched you in the throat. Just, just my asshole. I would have kicked you till you died. <laughs> that was a great line. That was a good line. In Moonstruck, people. Which you know because you've seen it. You did your homework. And you saw the movies that we prescribed for you. Your undying faith in people is refreshing, yeah. although yeah. misguided. <laughs> so anyway, that's why I loved it. 
Oh. Why do you hate it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, it was a nice surprise that Dave Chappelle was in the movie. That yeah, was fun. that's true. Yeah. Great cast. Yeah. Um, Dude, Bubba from Bubba Gump Shrimp mm. and the security guard from Fight Club. And Linda from The Wedding Singer. <laughs> yeah. Who was the lady with the really fun haircut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was so 80s. Oh. She looked like David Bowie, but not as pretty. <laughs> that was 90s. That was um, a 90s haircut. Yeah. I think, yeah, my favorite character was John Cusack's socks with sandals. <laughs> yeah. Why did they keep showing that? Like, what are you revealing about his character by showing us this? He rocked the socks with sandals and knew how to operate a lot of different types of vehicles. Fair. Yeah, terrible soundtrack. That's um, a great soundtrack. It was so bad. Glam 90s. Great stuff. But I did like the one part I liked when, um, I don't remember who it was, but one of the other passengers on the plane was just like, have you lost your mind? And John Malkovich is just like, according to my last psych evaluation, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I wish I had kept a list of all the really snarky one-liners, which yeah. I'm pretty sure would have been like one third maybe half of the script chocked full but so just so cheesy and so over the top and every time Nicolas Cage said anything (laughs) here's the thing so all the movies that we just viewed he had an accent yes which I find funny Nobody actually and in this particular film his accent was so bad I think I could have been a little bit more on board had he not had, had the an ac- accent. He didn't need to do the accent. He didn't mm-hmm. need the accent. It made it so ridiculous. Yeah. It was just like I like I can't even do it now. It was like it wasn't even well, southern. It, it was, was like uh, Louisiana uh, yeah, southern yeah, yeah, yeah. or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to be Alabama. Like, it was like Cajun southern. Or but something. yeah, he would talk and I'm all going to play. Yeah, it was almost I like I got to put that part of it into, and I'm still going to make it. Like, and then his stupid ass hair. And he's been wearing the same wife beater for 30 years. Heroes wear (laughs) wife beaters, okay? (laughs) Not anymore. And his just, like, muted reactions to everything. And the slow-mo. All the little brief bits of slow-mo when people were just walking. And he would just, like, the way he would smile at something for no reason. Like, his reactions were just (laughs) misplaced and weird and slow-mo. And so I was, I thought this movie was hilarious. Yeah. That's all I got. Okay. (laughs) Lisa, why do you hate it? (laughs) I mean, yeah, that it was so bad, it was good. Um, I had to get over the bad part. I think it would be a great... It took us a while. It would be a great contender for, like, a mystery to, you know, mystery theater. Uh, <laughs> it took us a while to Mystery get over science theater, theater. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> I had the exactly. same question Eric had, which is the over-the-top factor. Because I think with action movies, I think, yeah, their goal is to be so over-the-top and intense. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you're watching a spectacle, so you got to go big or go home. But I'm. I think for me, it was less that. Because I've seen action movies, and all action movies have to be over-the-top in some way. But the script, even the movie over the top. The right. script in this one was just terrible. Yeah, I'm really sorry, uh, writer of the new Jumanji, <laughs> Scott Rosenberg. Mm-hmm. Um, not your best work. No, I, I felt like all the actually. I mean, if you've seen his other stuff, <laughs> it's some of your best work. It is some of his best work. Come on, yeah. let's be honest. But it's nice to know that they, the people responsible for this film, have an affinity for both Nicolas Cage and John Cusack because their future work incorporates both those actors. 
I mean, High Fidelity is mm. one of my favorite movies. Interesting. I do enjoy John Cusack. He's great. When I write, I write with you in mind. Yeah. <laughs> with John and Nick. My muses. Yeah, my muses. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's uh, things I liked and didn't like. So I loved when... Like, it was almost like the villains, all these cons, were introduced like athletes. Like, and, like coming out of the bus. It was like they were... so cool. It was like... You know, playing center for your Seattle Seahawks. You know, number twenty. The Swamp Thing. The Swamp Thing. And he comes out and walks, and another guy comes out. It was, Let me show you what you do by sitting in the cockpit of the plane. Yeah, and something Cyrus the Virus comes yeah, out, and they yeah. all these great names. All and I thought that names. was pretty funny, and it made like it made even if it was just a little introduction. It give you gives you a little bit of gravitas with those characters and yeah. how badass they are, how dangerous they could potentially be. And they're all on the plane, so you're like. Oh, that's kind of crazy, actually, to think about. And then they started wreaking havoc, which I thought was interesting. But I thought that was pretty funny how they set the scene there, especially because of all the high-powered guys in that cast, right? Buscemi and uh, Malcolm Trejo. Yeah, Trejo and all that. But and that other guy. What, what <laughs> I didn't love is is that, like this guy, this Nick Cage's character. You've done enough at some point, like at the end, especially when he's landed his wife and. Kid are there somehow, which yeah, we'll, we'll, why suspend, were they there? we'll suspend disbelief no one, because they were no not supposed to be, for there. Them to be there. But they do not just fly out convicts' families to the scene of a crime. We have like, a jet, jet waiting. It's exactly. Like, uh, but the convicts are escaping, and so hold on. I mean, they were they were fifty minutes from the first landing point, right? So he was like, "I need to get to this airport." Uh, the, the you know whatever Lerner Airport, and then he's like, "Well, if you got a really fast car, you can drive there." And so it was like an hour. It was like an hour drive. Right, but how did they get there so fast? How did they get there so the plane landed that they, these guys broke okay. out of the airplane and then I was like Why literally five minutes later the family was yeah. there. Yeah, because where well, was where was Nicolas Cage supposed to get dropped off originally? Like, where was his release point? Yeah, there w- that Las was Vegas, not... maybe. That was no, uh, it was not on. Las Vegas. I know. Where I was know. he supposed to get off originally? Because it wasn't Carson City, right? No. I don't remember. I thought wasn't it going it was, to Alabama? It was going to Alabama, right? Yeah. Isn't that where he's from? Yeah. Okay, that's where his family's waiting for him. And then, like, there's an emergency. Well, the did... plane's been hijacked. We have a jet waiting. So then they fly the family, and then they fly the family to Las Vegas, Again, where yeah. they're like, the plane is definitely going to crash here. Like, and your husband's going to be there, so <laughs> you might as well also yeah. be there too at the height of this horrible scene. <laughs> right. I mean, granted, they, maybe right they took the a little mini vacation. The... <laughs> they need Chaos. to unwind because they're stressed out about their husband slash dad. <laughs> yeah, not right the same person. Where two you roles. live. For that to get sorted out and him and then, to come yeah, to you. That's, that's what they right. would have done. Yeah. That was 20 real. years ago. It was a wild, crazy world. <laughs> that's Listen, true. You could if, go through TSA without what? a ticket. If, there was no TSA. If you are in a situation where it's very stressful, you need to be there, or you're going to get white hair like Cher. Yes. Yes. What? Look at everything <laughs> Steve Martin's been through. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Mike Myers. Yeah. Yeah. And the father Michael in Twin Myers? Peaks. One thing that really disturbed me oh. is why did the DEA agent care not care about human life? He's just shoot them all down, shoot them all down. I'm like, just about what? That. I mean, what, do, is this is this? And then he was all nice at the end. For, he was a plot device. And then yeah, they were their their best buddies at the very have, end. Yeah, they had to I tie think, the. Okay, because you did mention that as we finished the movie together, but I think that the reason that he turned around was because he realized how competent. John Cusack was in the movie. In his sandals. 
In his sandals. Especially in those sandals. How can I take somebody seriously wearing these sandals? <laughs> I think we were signing way too much reality to any of this. Yeah. The fact that the family's there, the fact that... And, it was just an unbelievable the wild... The fact that they blow up one of the, like, <laughs> muddy, like, uh, transport trucks right at the end. Yeah. yeah. Come on. And but, actually, I didn't have any problem with that. It was mainly um, Nick Cage's acting in that. Yeah. Yeah, because I just felt he was so wooden. And he just felt like he was a depressed... Like he was on antidepressants. Wooden like his fake-handed moonstroke. Right. right? Exactly. Well, that's my problem with him in general. I yeah. kind of said it before yeah. as, a, he's, as a yeah. pro, but I think it's mostly a con, no pun intended. Oh. <laughs> all the puns it's just intended. A, he's just so, like, deadpan all the time. And people assign so much, like, depth to that when I think he's just boring. Yeah. yeah. It's like he's in a cage or something. Ew. Oh, get anyway, out. To complete my point from before, <laughs> dude, this guy was a free man and did so much to sacrifice to get these cons mm-hmm. back in custody. At the end, the plane crashed, everything's happened, most of the guys were dead or caught. A couple of guys escape on a fire truck, and instead of being, you know what, I've done my part, let's let the cops get them. He hops on a, a motorcycle, yeah. right. and, along with John Cusack, and goes to find him, and does this crazy harrowing scene, which would have killed him 98% of the time. This is why I think that they made him Southern. Like, oh, <laughs> Mama didn't wow. raise me. Let's, so, not, let's not advertise in the South for this episode. Listen, <laughs> I agree, like, looking back... Too late, listen, I have so many friends in Tennessee. You know, so. I, I'm very, very, like, meh, whatever about about, you know accents and people putting on voices and stuff but i now that you guys mention it like watching it i didn't give a shit but now that you guys are mentioning it i'm like it wasn't great you're right yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes we turned him but, but i think the lungs. reason the reason that they did it was to you know show that he's a very southern boy he's very traditional like uh try a yellow bow around the old oak tree and shit like that <sighs> He's like he's got to do what's right. He's a company man. He's, he's got to yeah. do what's right. right. The you way know? they set Mama, up, Mama like, raised him right. The yeah. way they set up his character, though, like his, you know, um, his uh, psychological need or you know his inner flaw or whatever. The way they set that up in the beginning, where it's like that's the old Jew. You're not going to fight men in bars, oh. and then he accidentally kills that guy, and it's like. You know, he's trying to be a good guy. He's the montage of him in prison for seven years. And then, you know, he's on the plane and he has a chance to get off and go to his family. And he doesn't take it because, you know, it's just like, well, I got to channel the old me, but use it for a greater good. And then he gets on the Mm. motorcycle at the end instead of being like, I've done enough. Going to go to my family. He's exercising his demons The way they set up his, like... The, the essence of his character and why he does what he does was so dumb. Like, just in the bar, like, that's the old you, you know, don't... You said you weren't going to do that anymore. And then he just, like, accidentally nose-brains some guy and goes to jail for seven years. <laughs> Which was tragic. So sad. Anyway. Can we say one more thing before we go to the next movie about that Steve Buscemi car- uh, movie? I have a yeah. question Scene about that, too. with the girl. Yes! This little girl as lives right near the airport in a dumpy place which, which we don't scene. have to know much about but Steve Buscemi who's a mass murderer and a real creepy one at that ends up getting kind of diverted walks over and plays dolls with this little girl with this spooky look on his face and she's so sweet and innocent and making a connection and singing songs like the whole world in his hands and See, Buscemi is just staring the whole time and it is the freakiest scene I've ever seen but nothing ever happens. And apparently, 
She changes his world. Right? Yes, Just exactly. by singing, he's got the whole the world, world in his hands, hands in a drained pool. Like, I don't know. He didn't say how long ago he was, like, locked up. I mean, a lot of the incarceration process could have been showing that he has turned a new leaf. But when he was of... on the plane talking about it, he was like, I drove all the way to this place wearing a little girl's head as a hat. Like, he was Therapy. having yeah. Talk a about it. murdery The first fuck. step is talking about it. Right. <laughs> and admitting girl and singing, he's got the Blaming whole world in his hands, just changed his, now he's not going to murder people anymore? Is that what I'm led to believe? I'm saying that what you see is only a piece. That, you know, the the redemption of somebody could could take place over a long period of time. But this he's is not, a movie. You're he's supposed not to show the focus. it to me. He's now. not the focus of the movie though. They all had some focus. Side character. Side. So I'm saying I think I think your point is both of your points is right. I think he he had a lot of there's good inside him and this girl kind of just unlocked it finally. And and all be all and that was it. Now he's a good guy, right? That's what we're supposed to believe from the movie. It just was so uncomfortable. I thought <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, and what it, that almost seemed like maybe a writer's just some they were scratching an itch, like they wanted to do something a little meaningful. Mm. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, right. And because it was such a departure, you know. Right. I mean, Steve Buscemi is kind of a reflection of really Cameron righteous of Cameron Poe. You know, like the chance at redemption, working out your demons. Mm. Should be called Redemption Air. What do you guys think? Should we write them? I like it. Okay, what's next? Dear Con Air, that'll be the next movie I write a letter to. <laughs> Can we write a mo- letter to, to the movie? I write letters Dear to Con movies Air. all the time. Save a stamp. Save a stamp. Email. I, I do. Right, email. Don't you read my blog, Eric? I write letters to movies constantly. I should start reading your... Your blog, which is at what address? Um, it's at unmatchedmodesty.wordpress.com. I hear it's great. Wink. <laughs> you, you, did, you did wink, so I had to put the winks yeah, in. Thank you. You got me. All right. The third movie we will be reviewing today is Raising Arizona, Whee! a 1987 movie, which is the same year, by the way, as Moonstruck. Movie from the ETH, sorry, from the Cohen brothers. <laughs> from the ETH. I, I keep wanting to say Ethan <laughs> yeah. brothers. From the ether. <laughs> yeah. uh, one of their early movies, and you could see how they were starting to develop their style even then, but definitely a quirky movie about a couple. That's why I love it. Yeah, that's, that's true. Uh, maybe not as quirky as Amelie, hmm. but still darn quirky. A couple who, one was a, a, a cop and the other one was a, a, a convict. Again, another. Nicholas Cage convict movie. Um, anyway, they, they eventually married, and she, she found out she couldn't have babies. So what did they do? They stole a baby, one of a quintuplet, because, you know, they had enough babies. Why and so they, they take the baby out in the desert and start to raise him, fall in love. A true kidnapping. Yep. Yeah. A real kidnapping. With a lot of oh, heart. Oh, with a... Uh, and sorry. anyway, so uh, some of the ex-cons that are, you know, wearing the the clink, as they say in the industry, wow. with Nick Cage came and started raising hell. And then there's a bounty hunter, hunter after them. And then the family comes and throws more shenanigans in. At the end of the day, they had to give the baby back. And it was, it was sad. But there's a lot of funny things in between it. I love this movie. And I want to get into all my pros and cons, but mostly pros. But I want to hear from you, Shrian. Forty percent. What do you have to say? Uh, well, first of all, I have to ask you: Had you seen it before? I saw it a long, long time ago. Almost 
When it, I mean, probably When's, early 90s. That was the last time you saw it? Yeah. Early 90s. So it was almost, again, new to me. Did you just know you loved it? Did you just know? No, I, I, I knew. I, I remember kind of like, oh, yeah, I, I, I sort of like that movie. I should put this on the list and actually see it as an adult. I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we do the podcast. Yes. We can share our differences. Because none of us like the same things. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I thought it was, I mean, it was well acted. I thought that everybody who was in the movie was great. You know, Nicolas Cage, you know, he's always, I, I, I enjoy his work. Whether it's good or bad, I enjoy it. I think that's part of the thing. So Holly Hunter did a great job. You know, John Goodman, always phenomenal. You know, everybody did Francis McDormand, of course. It's just, it was a great cast. Everybody did a great job. I think the directing was fun, but I, I just didn't, I don't know. I didn't get it. It didn't thrill me. I, I had maybe seen it before, maybe, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, something also. And I remember being underwhelmed, mm-hmm. which, okay. I mean, I was in a very, like, high stage of taking in art and being a lot more introspective, retrospective about movies and, like, mm-hmm. really, you know, kind of figuring out who I was and what I love and, like, really adapting art, much less if, as to what I am today. But I don't know. <laughs> I remember seeing it and just thinking that it was all right. Was it because there was a lot of hype around it? Because I remember <laughs> when it came out, there was a lot of people, oh, it was, that was so cool, artsy, interesting. And I know you mm-hmm. have a tendency to not enjoy that. <sighs> Maybe. I really, I really doubt it, though. I mean... There are certain times when somebody I really trust and respect says, this thing is great. And for some reason, because I love and respect this person and they think it's great, I just can't get, I can't get behind it. I don't know what it is. And maybe if, even if it's not like that, that idea, that thing is like a general consensus of like, this is awesome. But just something about like this person and this thing just I don't know what it is it just hmm. misfires I mean I could just be like whatever making something up I don't know but okay. I mean here's a very strange example like this this ex-girlfriend of mine and I both loved 311 the band right back mm-hmm. then they, back then Amber is a kind of back energy. then they were good okay <laughs> so she was like oh have you heard this one of this one of their albums I was like I've heard every album but this one I listened to it and I hate it. It's just really bad. I mean, I don't like any of it now, but it was just weird. It was like, I... If someone you love and respect likes something, think... you hate it? No, no. I'm oh. saying that there are certain times where it's like, I really can't get behind something. And like I said, it could just me like having a difference of opinion or whatever, but it feels... I think that's exactly what yeah, it is. That's a control. I don't know. And I've issue. spent so much of my life being a yes man, too. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you love that? Me too! <laughs> you know, and just whatever. So I don't I, think you and I have ever had that. <laughs> oh, you love that? Me too! <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you work on it. You realize what a shithead, you know, 10-year-old you are, and you just try to work it out. But anyway, ladies, what did you think? Um, I love Arizona. I love this film. I, I well again it's high in the quirk and uh for one thing <laughs> it's quirk I ratings I, I think the roof. I think it has the best product placement scene oh, yeah. ever. Huggies? The Huggies. <laughs> the, and and some incredible um, Budweiser too. I actually hate chase scenes because they're so predictable. Most of the time I mean I come from a point where I like to be surprised and I felt like this film just the the directions, the characters, who, what came up, it was all surprising, you know, to me, and and still surprising. So, uh, yeah, I love those uh, 
love those chase scenes, which is a departure for me. Um, and I like the movie kind of uh, references, like him, uh, John Goodman, like pulling, uh, coming out of the earth and, you know, like a horror <laughs> the breaking film. breaking out. Yeah, and then just screaming uh, for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For a good twenty seconds, John 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 Goodman just has to be mad. Like yes, he's, it's, it's contractually obligated. So yeah, exactly. Um, and I love the scene where uh, the lone cyclist of the apocalypse is walking into the furniture store, and you see these. It's a low angle looking up, and there's these ceiling fans, which is you know a reference to Apocalypse Now. You know, with all oh, the yeah. with the uh, the choppers. So it was oh, just wow. like, oh, okay. See, that's the kind of stuff that you get with Lisa's uh, participation. <laughs> I know some. You, you start getting some. So, so the, I, I just, I liked, the, I liked it from sort of a film geek aspect of mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one of my favorite lines was, uh, "I do forget the young brother of John Goodman's his name. Like I'm not Avel. great at these, ev- Yeah, yeah, Evel, Edwin or Evel. yeah, Evel. yeah, okay. um, William Evel. Forsyth. Yeah, Evel. Mm-hmm. Okay. He he basically is talking to Nick Cage, trying to cheer him up. Um, he's like, "You're young and you got your health. What do you want a job for?" Classic <laughs> Say it in line. the voice, though. Classic line. <laughs> Say it in the voice. <laughs> You're young and you got your health. What do you want? You want with a job? Perfect. It was funny. Nailed it. So, Nailed a it. lot of funny moments. A lot of a good script. A solid script. Mm-hmm. So I mean, written and directed by the Coen brothers. Yes. Right. So right. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've done a lot. Yeah, they've done a lot. It's. I mean, I I love mm-hmm. a lot of their other works, but I mean, this one just wasn't my favorite. So I think there's two scenes that really told the story for me um, uh, that I loved. One was when Frances McDormand, her character, and Sam McMurray, the I guess they were. <clears throat> it was his boss. It was it was Nick Cage's boss. They invited him for a kind of a social engagement. With their four or five kids right. mm-hmm. out to the the house, which was really just a trailer, <laughs> and it was just first of all, Frances McDormand was hilarious. Love her. her little her character and the, the the speed with which she delivered her lines, plus that Sam McMurray character, her the husband, the way that she and or he sorry and Nick Cage interacted was super funny, and and the kids were just wreaking total havoc, and it started making. Um, Nick Cage think twice, but that was just a perfect Ethan or Coen Brothers moment. I think throughout the in the movie that just captured a lot of um, I don't know the I don't know the humor of it all. I think that scene should be obligatory in all sex ed. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> it made everyone wonder what the heck is this all about. And then the whole and then the last convenience store robbery. You know, he'd done a lot of convenience store robberies in the past, and then he kept going to jail. The clink. As we call it in the industry. Again, with your uh, and so <laughs> cool for school. Um, when when when, like she's just running the car and doesn't know that he's going to rob a convenience store, goes in and grabs some huggies to the product placement point. And the, what happens afterwards is they're like running through houses, cops it's are chasing, the best chasing dogs. There's there's a guy in truck that's about to hit. There's the old guy in truck, and then the the market workers are are getting in on the mess, and everyone's shooting guns at him. Mm-hmm. And the customers <laughs> are like hitting people with shopping carts. Yeah. It was outlandish, stupid, silly, but like super funny. I'll admit it was a good chase scene. 
But I think... Thank you. I think you... <laughs> it was bad. I mean, like I said, the acting is great, but you guys keep for. going on about this fucking chase scene. Now, do you, guys really remember, do you guys remember Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Come on, that's a We're chase scene. We're not reviewing scene. that. Yeah. I'm just saying, that you was, keep talking about this chase scene. That funny as this <laughs> one. Okay, we're all gonna. Everything right. Why are you getting so upset? <laughs> Mommy, daddy. This is how I felt after you guys shit on Drop Dead Gorgeous, okay? So, that was rough. I wasn't here for that, but. I, you're excluded. I probably from would it. have. Yeah. So, you're just talking to me. <laughs> yes. This is not me. Well, I'm trying to tell you how you feel now is how I felt when you guys were shitting on Drop Dead Gorgeous. I think we can all respect our different <laughs> I don't opinions. Think I shit on it. <laughs> You I said it was okay. You took a huge steaming dump right on his chest, <laughs> and not in a sexy way. <laughs> oh, wow. No follow-up. Oh, was that too much for you, filet-a-chode guy? <laughs> okay. I thought you were supposed to be Can doing I this talk about this movie Italian. now? Uh, I think that about I mean, wraps it up. <laughs> I didn't have to say anything <laughs> Yes. You said stop enough. Stop high fiving, okay? You can't, can't stop can't us. You. you can't stop us. Oh, what do you have to say no, about that? No, I don't want to get my thoughts in. I don't want to hear them. I do. Dude, I want to like cue up the background music as this is going on. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. You can. You should. Um, <laughs> I what do you got to say? What's so interesting? <laughs> We're all ears. All right, all right. I have nothing new to say. You all said already. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. I like how right in the beginning they set the tone of quirkiness because I also love a quirky film, as you know. Uh, when he keeps going to prison and he has to keep going to that group therapy yeah. and it gets to the guy leading the therapy and he's just like, now why do you use the word trapped? And it just they're goes, in jail, by the yeah, way. Yeah, they're in jail and it goes with this real burly guy just like super tough and he's like, well, he's like, sometimes I get the menstrual cramps real bad. <laughs> yeah, that was... Trapped in a woman's body. Yeah, trapped, I feel trapped in a woman's body. That, the and then, one. yeah, just the nightmare kids coming over and that one just like scribbling fart on the wall. And then when the His lone... face wall. <laughs> and then the lone ranger comes back in the apartment way later when it's all trash and he just looks... He leans down and looks at the wall and then it does an eyeline match and it's just like... <laughs> so good. Find the real nuggets. The best chase scenes, the huggy chase scene. I was dying. They just filmed it so well, and it was so funny with all the things that are going on. He runs. Okay, when he runs into the house, just like that home, he runs in. So camera follows him, like going down the stairs, like running through this living room where people are just watching TV, and then the cops go in after shooting. Shoot. And they were shooting probably what like two hundred rounds throughout this whole thing in it. Holy moly! I don't that was like they were like they sounded like big guns. Yeah, boom, and it just like, shot at the house, and then it's like so he goes through the house, and the cops go through the house, and the pack of dogs goes through the house. He was out of control. And then he goes in that one place, and the guy's like, "Son, you got a penny on your head." <laughs> it's true. Well, my mom like my parents showed this to me when I was very young, and my mom like quotes it all the time whenever she tells my dad or me to do anything 
She's always just like, you got to do that, huh? <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> that was Francis McDormand. You got oh, to right. do, do that, that huh? Oh, yeah, because you got the, the life the insurance. The, the life insurance, tip. a physician. Yeah. And, oh, you got to do, do that, that huh? You got to do that, huh? Good point. <laughs> well, thank you for clarifying, but it looked like you were shitting your pants. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what that face meant. They can't um, see that, but I can't unsee it. <laughs> that was just a manifestation of my own embarrassment because... I'm just constantly embarrassed by myself for myself. So that was you were just seeing when I'm done talking. I'm just like behind really the veil. <laughs> we're getting a lot on the table it does. tonight. It looks like you're shitting. Yeah. Also, I pinched one out. Oh. Wow. Did you notice how the? By the way, speaking of uh, foreshadowing, someone said that earlier. The Ghost Rider. We were talking about Ghost Rider. The the the. Lone Ranger of the Lone Ranger of the Apocalypse. When he tore out, right. it looked exactly like the Nick Cage scene when he goes off and there's fire on right. the His work is just so him. interconnected. Yeah. You know? right. Question, the matching Roadrunner tattoos, does yeah, that mean what, the Lone Ranger was, was his father? I think That's it was his I father. Because he said That's something like, dad, father, dad. He said something really under his breath as he like went back. So that was his dad? Or that's, that's what they were insinuating? I think that's what they were insinuating. Right. And then he blew up. It's like, oops. And why he said sorry when he basically pulled the... It did take him a long time wow. to blow up, though. Did you, did you catch that part? <laughs> yeah. Of course I did. Did you catch the part where right. the guy blew up? <laughs> that was my favorite part. Yeah. It is, it Maybe not my favorite, but... Body parts. Mm. All right. Anything else, guys? Fart. Well, the 10th Wait, episode... squeeze that out. <laughs> 10th episode has been a winner. Mm. Thank you, Lisa, for being here. Thank well, you, Lisa. Yeah. You're welcome back anytime. <laughs> Thank you. It was fun. We would love to hear your guys' thoughts, as always. Our fans are, are wonderful, fantastic listeners. Mm-hmm. Please email us at itsterriblemoviereviews at gmail.com. You can tweet at us. We're on Twitter at itsterrible2017. Facebook, it's terrible movie reviews. Get at us on Instagram, itsterriblemoviereviews. Holy shit, guys. Next episode, episode <gasps> 11. It's a disaster room. Special. Special. <laughs> Join us as we try to escape from a disaster room. Oh! <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun, though? It It'd would be fun. It'd be fun for us, but not for other people. No. We'd have to, like, tell them what we were doing. Yeah, I thought <laughs> this was movie reviews. Now I'm putting together the puzzle. Okay. I'm so excited. We're going to watch The tell Room and The Disaster Artist. Yes. Which are related. How? If you don't know what the movie The Room is, I feel really bad for you. Look it up. Um, and The Disaster Artist is a book about the making of The Room, which James Franco has recently made into a film. Oscar buzz. Right, definitely. This is one of the first times we have reviewed a movie that's going to be in the theaters as we're reviewing it. So super exciting. We're really relevant. We're relevant. We're excited. You have to go to a movie theater and not just to your couch. Which I know may upset some of you people who enjoy the Cheetos and Mountain Dew on your couch, but take it on the road, pack it in your purse. <laughs> and it's then, now. yeah, we're also going to be doing another super special episode directly around that same time. They should come out around the same time. So look for two episodes. They're both specials. And what is it going to be, Eric? Star Wars. No, no, no. Star Wars episode eight. Is the Last Jedi. Yeah, it is eight. Okay. 
Yeah, so I always get confused on the episodes. We thought we would just do a one quick, one you know, one and done. Slam bam, thank you, ma'am. Episode, because it's so much buzz. You know, as professional podcasters reviewing movies, we have to be involved in that buzz too. So right, yeah, and we know that people who love Star Wars don't want to hear about any other shitty movies. So we're just gonna (laughs) do the one. But once you hear that one, you're gonna go back and listen through all our episodes. But you can't tell them that because they aren't listening. But they will episodes. afterwards and they'll know, oh my god, I did that. It's going to be like this weird looper yeah, kind of thing. you don't understand time and space. Yeah. It's sort of Clearly. Okay, no. It's been great. Yeah. Thanks. It's been quirky. It's been funky. It's been terrible!